Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Islanders country, hello. This is the Eyes on Isles podcast powered by the Fansided Sports Network. I am your host, Joe Bono. Follow me on Twitter at IslesFix and subscribe to our Monday through Friday Islanders newsletter. And I am joined once again by our full-time recurring guest, someone who's very happy to be betting against Josh Bailey once again, Mr. Andy Francis. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. How are you? And, you know, there's a weird thing where... Once a guy's out of the lineup, they'll actually kind of take him off the board for betting, obviously, because he's not in the lineup. But they're not just going to quickly reintroduce him into the lineup to bet against. That's kind of how it works. So he has to play a game or two. And then if they see that he's not involved in any of the top min- getting top minutes or on the power plays, then they won't allow you to bet. They'll remove him from the board. So uh, I'm anxiously waiting to see if he's going to be on the board for tomorrow. The Durando Coivola Bailey line? <laughs> oh my god against? i would i would uh i would jump at the chance usually like for example before zach parisi you couldn't bet on him to register a point or not register a point and now he's available because he's just thrust into top minutes so it's really you can only really bet for the most part some sites well i guess you can find anybody but you could really only um bet on or against the top six forwards okay it's kind well, of how we'll that see works. if uh I'll be looking forward to let me gotta let me know. Not that I want I to see the action. You will know. Curious. You will know by tomorrow night. And the problem is also the price. It was always the price that I was jumping at. Where I know it's not now, great, but you could put up one seventy. Yeah, they figured it out. They after, are you after too there was vocal? a few in a row. Too vocal about this? Do you think? Do you, are are you suggesting that I moved the line nationally on Josh <laughs> Bailey? <laughs> that would be a semi accomplishment. All right. Well, talking about semi-accomplishments, the Islanders are still in this thing. Uh, They've won three out of four games since losing Matthew Barzell. Did not expect it. Uh, We talked about it a week or so ago where the injury happened. You looked at the schedule, playing all teams that were in playoff position. I know the Winnipeg Jets have been uh, struggling a little bit, and the Western Conference isn't very strong. But nevertheless, they were playing playoff teams. And you said to yourself, you know what? They're going to be out of this thing. Not only are they going to be out of playoff position, they're going to be three, four, five games behind in terms of games played on the teams that they're chasing. There'll be clarity. There'll be sellers at the deadline, and we move on to next season. Um, But they've had other ideas, and now they've won three out of four. They have 69 points. The games in hand is still something we're watching, but they're in that top playoff spot. They're not going anywhere. And now, all of a sudden, the narrative or expectation has shifted to, okay, are they going to sell Semyon Varlamov and Scott Scott Mayfield, and to you know where is there a possible depth piece to or, to uh, add um, one or two places uh, for Lou Lamarillo come uh, the trade deadline? So it's a very weird situation because the Islanders, to me, Andy, if they sold, I wouldn't be shocked. If they bought, they wouldn't be shocked. And if they did absolutely nothing, I wouldn't be surprised either. Heck, if Semyon Varlamov and Scott Mayfield have their extensions announced, I wouldn't be surprised either. That's kind of that's kind of how I feel going into Friday. 
Seriously, it's all on the board. It's all on the table. But I guess if there's anything that we have to go off of is that Lou is not going to embrace any sort of sell-off in any variety. He hasn't demonstrated that at all. It's only been selling picks and players for upgrades to the roster. So unless you're you're willing to predict the first time in his Islanders history that he's willing to downgrade the win-now roster, then... Uh, I guess you, you can try to call that, but it looks like it's either going to be something like last year or adding a piece. Um, but, you know, I, I think I, I could I, see I them think... adding a piece. I mean, if it's a if it's a, a reasonable price tag, I mean, these are these players that are not the ones that are talked about that do get moved that you know, the Islanders don't have a third round pick. But if it's a mid round pick, a fourth, a fifth round pick, could you get another uh, forward type, like, could you make the type of moves they made back when we wanted them to make big moves? The Tyler Kennedy type move, right? Just to kind of, yeah, know, just a depth player. Add another depth forward right now. You can. I mean, you just got to ask yourself, like, okay, so you get a depth player, then, like, what is? It's just like, what? What's the purpose of it? Like, how long is Pajot going to be out? How long is Barzal going to be out? And you also have to look at the positioning. You know, you're in race with a bunch of other teams. And if you were to play it out the way with the winning percentages and everything they wouldn't be in, I believe, I believe like trading Simeon Varlama, for example, is a no brainer because whether you make it or you don't make it, you're not affecting the roster. You're just asking to Sorokin to shoulder most of the the load. And like we just said, it's not like the math suggests they're going to make it. So if you can make an upgrade while still giving your team a chance with the right there's not enough games left for Varlamov to make a big difference what what, you're talking about two or three three, starts there's three back-to-backs they actually have a you know because they've played more games than all these teams they have a lighter schedule overall and I think there are three back-to-backs but yeah so you can really ride Sorokin hard and at least recover some lost draft capital from these last couple of years and I still think that's something you can do now Interestingly enough, in that game against Winnipeg, I thought they played right up. We always used to talk about Carolina as one of the effort. Well, that was one of the efforts that we thought this new team was going to be. We saw multiple lines contributing. We saw a little less, um, I guess, less cohesiveness from the defense, but we saw Sorokin play incredible that game. And we were like, oh, hey, maybe this is what the Islanders are trying to do. They're trying to lean on Sorokin, not be fully abysmal defensively, but are willing to sacrifice a little on that end. But then look what the forwards are doing. That was one of the signature wins. But what I have always hoped is that they resembled closer to the Trots teams because, as I've told you, I know maybe it's not for casual fans, but philosophically... I trust teams that collapse in front of their net and make life miserable for their opposing teams. And as you've seen against Winnipeg a couple times, it generates results. It's what had it what it's what yields the highest percent chance of continually winning. I've just never understood like didn't everybody learn their lesson with the Tavares teams? It doesn't work. But structure and playing in front of your best player, which is your goalie, does, does. And it makes better teams play worse because they get frustrated. And you saw that with some of these teams recently. So it's really one of the best wins. I would put it as close to the best win of the year. Yeah. The I win mean, of that game. They all said it, and it was obvious, right? Defensive, their defensive structure was the best maybe it had been all year. Um, I think Zach Parisi said that after the game. Obviously, Lane Lambert said that after the game. And... One more thing on the Varlamov before we move on is that he's been really outspoken. Now people are asking him and he's given them an honest answer about, hey, I want to be back here. I don't want to get traded. I want to be back here next year. And people are like, well, could a contract extension be done? I don't think so. I don't think he's saying that if something's been worked out. Um, And he probably knows that he's coming back at a half the rate that he was at at best, two, two and a half million dollars. So to me, that factors into, I know people are going to have the conventional thought to say, why can't you then trade him, get something for him, go try to win a Stanley Cup somewhere, and then we'll sign you back. (laughs) You don't even have to unpack your bags or, you know, do whatever you're doing at your apartment or your house, wherever you live on Long Island, keep everything there. We'll see you back in the summer. But, you know, from a Lamarillo perspective, he may look at it as hurting his chances to keep him next year 
and have a still a combined maybe goalie cost around I know, just eight, $9 million dollars between the two. I just don't understand. By keeping Varlamov a borderline starter, what you're really doing is like keeping Sorokin in that babying first couple of years mode. When you have this legitimate starter as you're going to have to get goalie, another backup somewhere. I, I completely understand that. But when you have a Vezina caliber goaltender, I mean, you're really just looking for somebody to play mop-up duties. They're supposed to be workhorses. For the rest I of this it. year or next year, you're talking about? I mean, next year it's I'm, 20, 25 games probably. Yeah, but okay, we're doing what every other team is doing. And but, if, but if, if he you have wants a chance sign, of making that 20, 25 okay. games and have an advantage over, you know, what are the other options in the organization? There really aren't any. I think that plays a lot into it. I understand. But remember, you can trade him and still re-sign him. He can go on a playoff run somewhere else and he can re-sign. So it's not like it's a complete impossibility. And all I'm saying is if he's willing to sign what Halak is signing and what a standard backup is, then sure, fine. That would be great. Um, but I'm just talking about in terms of, you know, if this was being done with the X's and O's and we weren't dealing with an old school GM, trades are being made. Assets mm-hmm. are being collected. What the Blues are doing, get, get Barbashev, Tarasenko, O'Reilly. Now, it's that that's a full sell-off, but I'm just saying it's like, um, I think you could make a strategic move to acquire some assets without affecting your team's chances. If that's you think that's the tra- exact point right there, is that people, and I put a another non-scientific poll out there on Twitter today, we had 1,400 responses. 58% said they still, given even given the situation where they are in the standings, would still want to trade either Mayfield or Varlamov. So nearly 60% get it. And I think what you said is exactly why. They see those moves as not tanking. They see those moves as we can replace these guys, especially Varlamov. Because well, of that's we just crazy. About. Yeah, that one of those two apply. I'm only saying Varlamov because yeah. if you're going to give yourself a chance, you remove Scott Mayfield, then you're just playing nobodies on defense. Samuel Bullock probably gets. Yeah, minutes, but that's I'm a guessing. huge difference. That's a huge. You're talking about three games of Varlamov versus oh, the rest of the season of Mayfield and playoffs. But that, that is a if you got crazy – that's a crazy comparison. One, you can't just say Mayfield and Varlamov. One is a guy who's going to play three games, and the other is going to be eating major minutes in the rest of the games. So I would say just try to move Varlamov. I would have been – I'm okay moving anybody they want to because when you look at just you know the mountain they'd have to climb – and then and how about like the Eastern Conference have, just becoming no, 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 stronger they have and to stronger climb, before so? They have to climb a mountain just to get there and look, oh, that's the mountain? They have to climb the mountain just to climb the real mountain. But as I said today to you, uh, I'm, I found some silver lining. The good thing about the Islanders, if they make the playoffs— is since they haven't exerted energy all season long with those lackluster performances, at least we know they'll be rested. At least we know they have full juice for a long playoff run. That's See, the beautiful why, thing. This is why we're 4.6 and out of 4.7 no, I the, wanted to, uh, on the I, iTunes. I refuse to come with a negative mindset today. I'm t- they played the best game of their season in Winnipeg. The, uh, good teams find a way to get points when they're not playing well with, through injuries. I've said like, you know, with the um, Boston Bruins, they started this season without McAvoy, without Marshawn, Krejci coming, no excuses. They found way to get results. The Islanders have found way to get results, some through Sorokin, some through defensive performances. And that's what you have to do. You have to continue to string together results. And they've done a very good job doing so in, um, in the last week or so. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, you're talking about some of the teams that we're trying to surpass in the standings. Their last 10 are pretty impressive. A lot of winning records with these Sabres and these Senators and these other types of teams. So it's going to be tough. So we got a couple new reviews. Do you want to hear them now? Uh, sure. There's one good one and one bad one. All right. So we actually we have quite a few here. All right, so there's um, one is a one star review. This is worse okay. than the this is worse than the uh, the guy who called you uh, <laughs> being glorious. Used to be one of my most favorite podcasts that I always look forward yeah. to. Now under these two new guys, it's just a boring exercise in condensation. 
The apparent self-proclaimed comedian who has never played a hockey in a day in his life is the absolute worst personality or lack thereof in podcasting. Nice. Nice. That's not so bad. I mean, I have played hockey, which is why the reason people come to me in masses, and I have news for you. Anybody listening to this podcast, if you want to try to question any sort of validity or credibility in the arena, if you go to YouTube and type NHL bets, if you type in NHL bets, meaning the whole country, who do they go to? If you type NHL bets, it's going to put the most reliable person first, right? The most viewed person. Well, you're going to see my big fat mug staring at you. So this person hasn't done his research. And have that, you played hockey? Of course I played hockey. Played hockey my whole life straight through college. There you go. This just comes out of nowhere. That's the reason. I mean, this this is why I insult the Islander fans at the games when they're yelling, shoot the puck. Like a defenseman doesn't know how to get, like when the right time is. And then they yell, All shoot right. the puck, and then it gets deflected. You know what I'm saying? So another one was um, maybe a family member. My new favorite podcast, Because of Andy. That's the head. That's the subject matter. I don't know who the hater is, but he's missing the point of this interesting and intelligent conversation. I personally love the back and forth. Both of you are well-matched. I like that Andy doesn't sugarcoat it. I think starting sentences with I is not necessarily egotistical. So that's two very opposite sides of the spectrum. Five... Five star review and a one star. Review. But dude, this is this is what life has become—a polarized CNN versus Fox News type of thing. You're going to get these type of opinions, and I do find it. I've I've been on way too many episodes, so remember, we might be getting hate listens from these people. That that that's always a factor. You know what I'm saying? Because Maybe. you're one of, you're one of the nicest, fairest guys that there liking. are. So exactly, and. How is that? That's very magnanimous of you to say. Um, so maybe I'm rubbing off on Being you glorious. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, of course. So if nothing else, like us going back and forth, the tit for tat. Like I told you, I could really be, if you want, I can be mundane and I can I can pat everybody on the back. And I can do it, no problem. It just doesn't interest me. I don't I think yeah. that's part of the reason why you didn't reach why you didn't reach out to somebody else. No, no, I wanted a back and forth. What I think is boring, and uh, sorry we're going off this tangent, is that two hosts that always agree with each other the whole time. I've listened to plenty of podcasts where people just kind of go back and forth and agree. Mm, that's a great point. That's a great point. It's not what I wanted either. I didn't know necessarily that we would disagree on some things, which I don't think we disagree completely, but you know we're a little bit on different ends. But uh, I think that back and forth is is healthy for this kind of forum. So... Um, anyway, thank you for the reviews. Keep them coming. We'll keep on reading them <laughs> until they get really, really bad. And then if I stop bringing them all together, that means we're going down below four. So, um, but yeah, you know, you're love, I have a question. Love, I, have yes, a, I have a question. Would you, would you rather have more downloads and a lower review or the inverse? Oh yeah. More downloads. Okay. Because, you know, I, th I think there's a chance, a pretty decent chance that that could happen. And it's like the Howard uh, Stern interesting... uh, scene in like private parts where they're like, you know, why are people tuning in? They're like, well, they want to see what he's going to say. The people that hate him, they want to see it, it's what he's going to say next. The people Do you that want love to know... him, they're going to see what he's going to next. Do you want to know what a person does? They just go about their day. Do you want to know what somebody who wants to make a change does? They go and write a review. It's what about the one who that? said they loved Andy? That person because they time because out. that person must like me so much that they felt like oh my god that he got it so you have to come to my defense. So it's only money. well it's only the I probably have. Uh, um, this is must must be what the original uh, person was referring to my quote unquote high paying job. No, what I do is put money in other people's pockets. Yes, that's right, like Robin Hood. Okay. There are people who need some advice and I pointed them in the right direction. All right. Um, Listen, back to uh back to some stuff on the ice. Yeah, okay. you mentioned it. The Islanders are gonna play your favorite team in hockey. Uh, here on Tuesday night, the Minnesota yeah. Wild. You talk about them all the time. You love, yes. love, love the Minnesota Wild. I was at UBS Arena. We'll talk more about that after the break. And I'm there, and I get a text message from you. You're like, <laughs> watch the Minnesota Wild and Toronto Maple Leaf game tonight. If you want to see a hardworking team, this is what you got to watch. And I'm like, I hope the Minnesota Wild give six goals tonight just to shut him up. And, of course, yeah. they lost 2-1 in overtime uh, against uh, one of the best offensive teams in the league. 
Yeah, and they just drowned out that arena. And I'm not making the case that this is the most exciting brand of hockey, but it's not like the original Devils where they're just stacking everybody back and then just using the trap and trickery to try to do it. They do not take a game off. That's why I'm thoroughly impressed. They know they don't have the personnel and the star power, but when you combine the fact that they play behind their strengths and the effort, the dogged effort that they give game in game out. I've never seen them take a game off that this to me would be thoroughly impressive because I know I know what I'm going to get from them tomorrow you're getting an effort and since Flurry played last game we know we're going to be getting Gustafson who's been one of the hot goalies They've in the NHL that nobody's talking I think is his yeah. goals against yeah and you're going to have to earn your corn out there. If you're not working as hard as them, you're losing the game. It's as simple as that. You're not going to get the chances. And they just, the reason. When was the last time the Islanders won in Minnesota? Maybe it's not as far back as I recall, uh, but it feels like they never win there. And it's yeah. like bad losses. Um, and obviously that kind of set off the entire like losing streak. You know, Last year they had the lead. They blew it in the third period. And then it was 11 yeah. straight winless after that. So. I feel like I felt like this the last four games. I'm not expecting the Islanders to win on Tuesday night, um, you know, especially since uh, you know Minnesota is playing well and picking up points pretty much in every single game. But they've been surprising us. We'll see whether or not they can surprise us again. And um, you know, something else I want to bring up here is whenever there's a player out of the lineup and then a team wins, you know, you have these kind of takes around are they better off without blah 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 right in this case it's matthew barzell and i'm not saying whether or not pe- people aren't going and saying the owners are better off without matthew barzell what they are saying is that whether or not this more defensive structure team is a byproduct of him not being in the lineup number one and then number two people are questioning you know his worth and whether or not you know he's worth the price tag of his contract extension because they're watching bo horvat do a little bit of everything at a lower AAV that he signed for than what Barzell's getting. That's an interesting comment and question and how much it is in terms of your homegrown player and what he means to the franchise, both on the ice and maybe off the ice compared to that. But I'm not sure if you have any thoughts on just kind of this Barzell conversation that's been going on in social media in recent days, given the way the Islanders have played without him and just kind of looking at, you know, his overall value and what he gives the team based on compared to his cap number. Well, I mean, they're just, they're trying to kind of string these wins together. It's not like the Islanders are. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's oh survive in advance mode on these games. Yeah, yeah, if you look at that Pittsburgh game, I mean, hanging on by the last thread. And then we, you know, we, we squeak a couple defensive games out. But I mean, eventually, like, the rubber's got to meet the road. You can't stay what though? they've been doing. Does it? Does it? Their schedule we, is not we, as bad. Do, do we have to? Do we have I mean, to play the, this if game? The, if the, if the rubbers, if the rubber meets the road in the playoffs, so be it. Um, but just I'm talking about now until the end of the year. I mean, they're right. I mean, Buffalo oh yeah. Is are, are you are you now. saying are you saying can they continue to do what they've been doing? Can this they last play week? the way they have over the last week to make the playoffs? It's contingent on if you mean the last week or the last game. If they play the, like last they did week. against Pittsburgh, last week. no, absolutely. Against Pittsburgh and teams like that, the Kings, absolutely not. If they do what they did last game where it was layered structure defense, it's interesting to see because Winnipeg happens to be playing very poor hockey right now. You know, they're like 4-7 and seven in their last 11. They can't score against teams. They're losing left and right. They they got crushed the game after that they, uh, they played us in the island and lost to us yet again. So... I really think tomorrow is a huge test against a team. Like you saw what they did the first time. The Islanders got the first goal, but Minnesota just kept working, 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 got one, got a late one, never relinquished the lead. And that's kind of how they are. If the Islanders fall behind, it is going to be one tough cookie <laughs> to try to come back. And I think I remember game. that loss ticked me off more than any loss at the time. And I think, yeah, the wild style of play uh, contributed to that. Plus, that was the uh, wacky play where Sorokin looked like he made another outstanding, unbelievable, ridiculous Sorokin save. Then the Islanders went down the other way, and we got a whistle. And then you found out not only did he not, you know, he wanted to see the replay of the save, and, and the replay showed it was a goal. And that, and that tied the game, and then they end up taking the lead on a broken assignment a little bit after. Like you said, Islanders didn't get much 
after that, and then an empty net goal and three one. So that is, yeah, that'll be a major test. That will that will certainly, and then they get a, then a couple off days until this trade deadline. So they just got to keep on winning. I mean, there's just so much that you're watching each and every night. You know, Detroit's playing right now. Um, you know, you look at some of these games and you're like, okay, well, you know, Tampa is going to play Pittsburgh. Tampa will win that game. No, Pittsburgh puts up seven goals. You know, Washington is still lingering around. They have a great performance against the Rangers. Then they get waxed by the Sabres the next day. There's just all you can can do is control again, cliche, but the next game that's in front of you is the biggest game and one game at a time and all that stuff. But yeah, you'll drive yourself crazy kind of looking at the math on a daily basis and the point projections and the money puck averages and all that other craziness out there. They just got to keep on winning games. And um, at some point, the things will even out in the games played column and we will see where they are. Um, And uh, it's more likely than not that the games are going to be tougher, not easier. So all we can do is is really at least they're giving you something to enjoy here. They're gonna it's one yeah one, they're uh, meaning they're stretch. yeah we thought there was a chance that these games did not mean anything by now um, after the Barzell injury and you're watching these games intently and watching the scoreboard intently because they mean a whole lot and that'll be the case no matter what happens over the next couple of weeks and uh, you know we'll see what happens. I, we still have no idea the nature or the length of the Barzell injury and the fact that he was out indefinitely and it went week to week. You don't know if that's four, six, eight weeks or playoff ready, whatever. And then when it came to Pajot, he's still not skating. I mean, he posts on Instagram after the wins. That's nice to see. I think he went out to dinner with his lovely wife on Valentine's day. I saw that. Not that I'm, not that I'm on these guys. Yeah, not, 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 the not, not that, not that yeah, you are. It's yeah, on the you high, are. you know, it's yeah. there just, you know, you're stalking them. You have the notica- notifications. No notifications. No them. push notifications for them. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Pajot is a big deal to bring him back. Like, if they're going to be playing this different, not different type of style, but, you know, more like the way they played on Sunday, having that two-way type of center almost, you know, favors that with this underman lineup. Um, but right now, until he gets back on the ice and just starts skating with the team, we have no idea how serious that injury is. So, we shall see, you know, by the time we meet you next time, or we'll do, uh, maybe I'll do a podcast if we can sneak one in. If there's some substantial moves out there, this roster can look a little different, radically different or not different at all. Um, it's a, it's a fascinating stage with all the other big moves that have been happening around. And we'll talk about them after the break around the NHL. The Islanders are kind of this really interesting, fascinating type of story because they can go in every little direction. Not that the national media will spend much time on them um, come Friday. So let's do this. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about some of these big moves in the NHL. The Devils getting involved, Patrick Kane to the Rangers, and I will give you a breakdown of my very nice night at UBS Arena last Friday. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast powered by the Fansided Sports Network. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're back, Joe Bono, and a very happy, elated Andy Francis, as uh, he just found out that his Ottawa-Detroit under eight and a half goals bet hit. <laughs> no, hold on, it was Ottawa to beat Detroit, and there couldn't be more than eight and a half goals scored, and it was six-two. Andy Francis, so how do you know yeah. all this is going to happen? Yeah, how would you know all this? How would you know that? How, you, who watches every every time watching every Minnesota game, watching all these teams across the state? N- number one, you type NHL bets, my face comes up. N- played my whole life through college. Well, I have to do that. Never right knew now. a damn thing. Never knew a damn thing. You never. Just on <laughs> you Google, never had if, I your just, card. if I just Google NHL bets, YouTube. your face. YouTube. YouTube. Oh, YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's where people are going to try to. You know, I remember on Google, you could pay your way to the top. NHL bets. You're now the second face, I see. You've yeah, been, that first one's probably been, an advertisement. Someone named uh, Carmine Bianco and Andrew McGinnis. That sounds like a one. scam. But number two, it's this beautiful Andy's NHL picks in like this blue avatar with your hair. Yeah, that's right. Flowing with the wind, the hockey rink behind you, odd shopper. <laughs> 5,000 views in 11 hours. Yeah. But remember, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know a single thing. I don't know a single thing about the game. I'll be honest. My knowledge of hockey is in terms of my bandwidth to actually watch as much with everything else I have going on in my life is pretty much limited to the Islanders, which is why I need Nandy Francis in my life. But there's a big problem with that because like when you see me livid at their effort, I'm comparing them to other efforts I'm seeing around the league. I mean, that's really, that's a major reason why. And I think tomorrow night will be a good test and you'll see converging energies. Well, let's talk around the league first, and then we'll uh, talk about my night at UBS Arena, uh, which was wonderful, and I'll explain why in a little bit. Yeah. So uh, Devils make this big trade with San Jose, Timo Meyer. One of the – I've never seen so many deals have these different pieces to it and the cap situation. I mean, the cap situation has been there for many, many years. I can't recall a deadline where there's had to have been so many considerations just to make the money work that's happening right now in the NHL. What's your thoughts on that move for the Devils? Um, a little bit tit for tat. Rangers go out, get Tarasenko. Still rumored to get Patrick Kane. Waiting to see whether or not that finally goes through. And the Devils, who are likely in that first-round matchup, go out and get really the biggest fish or shark, as I heard, saw someone uh, tweet out uh, today. Uh, 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 it was a good line. I wish I had to come up with it. Um, in, in Meyer, because I look at the Devils when they play the Islanders. I watch them mostly. And uh, I go man, does that team need another scorer right now? Like with all that talent, but restricted for agent, they'll probably lock them up long-term. But, you know, is this not a team that, and maybe they'll end up getting them anyway. Is Tom Fitzgerald not looking for more of those intangible type players that uh, are going to grind out a playoff series uh, with a very, very, you know, young forward group. But on the surface, your reaction to the Timo Meyer deal. Well, there's a difference uh, between what they're doing and what the Rangers are doing, per se. Why don't we look at this in the lens of if the Islanders do get into the mountaintop of the wild card and the now they mountain. find themselves. Yes, and now they find themselves. Like, remember Mortal Kombat when you had to win those fights and you were just going up the mountain of matchups? Did you not play Mortal Kombat as a kid? That's fine. I did, and I was just thinking about the Last of Us episode that I watched last night where they had a uh, Mortal Kombat arcade video game scene yeah more than no yeah, spoilers they had Mortal there Kombat but... too they had mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat too and magically they knew how to do fatalities despite not even holding the joystick and whatnot but we'll overlook those little gaffes up in there but Mortal Kombat, <laughs> 2, Mortal Kombat 2 in the mountaintop well because you know I always pride myself if I was going to make a movie if I was going to make something if there was some miserable guy critiquing every little nuance I would leave him nothing to say you know what I'm saying? You have to think like they looked, they did not look like they were believably playing Mortal Kombat. And it's just anything that takes you out of it, especially, oh, remember, I'm not allowed to, 
I can't talk about any sort of experience on set, right? All right, so we'll skip past that because everybody, I guess everyone just wants a a Siri-esque host on these shows where we just speak generalities and whatnot. However, when we're looking at that mountaintop, the Mortal Kombat 2 mountaintop known as the Eastern Conference, I saw uh, this girl on Twitter, Shayna. She said, it's like an arms race. You're looking at the Leafs adding O'Reilly. You got the Rangers adding Tarasenko. Shayna was the one who had the uh, shark biggest fish joke too. So, yeah, I just remember. Mm -hmm. So you have them doing that. Now the Devils acquire Myers. The Devils acquiring Myers is a little bit different because he apparently is going to be a part of their long-term plans. You know, they were initially, I believed. They were rumored to offer Goudreau a long contract, right, to play alongside these young guys. Now they get an even better deal in that they're getting somebody who's younger and can grow up with this team somewhat, except he's just a little bit older than some of them. So he will be a part of the long-term future, whereas Tarasenko and Kane, they're just this year's version of Cop and Vetrano, just obviously an upgraded version. So it's really just going to make for an unbelievable series of rounds in the Eastern Conference playoffs, whether you're talking about Tampa and Toronto and then whatever winner of that Islanders series potentially Boston. playing. <laughs> to, to the winner of that series potentially playing Boston in the next round. Then you're going to have Rangers, Devils. We'll see because to me there's a lot of question marks about the Devils because the playoffs, it's a whole different ball game. And then, you know, they'll probably play Carolina who – for whatever reason, people are just kind of writing off, despite them still being the second favorite right behind the Bruins to win the East. And uh, it's going to be good. It is really going to be enjoyable. And then you're just going to have Colorado wax every single mediocre team out West. The team that the Islanders just beat twice in under a week was the team that they were actually looking up at in the standings for the majority of the season. Oh, my God. They are going to moonwalk through that Western Conference. And then you have, you know, this move with uh, Tampa and trading. We think we don't think Barry Trotz was behind this deal, but uh, you know, trading a boatload of draft picks to get Jeanette, and that's the type of deal where, if it was any team but Tampa Bay, people would be questioning it even more so than the way they're questioning it now. Um, he has shown the ability to score in a previous season, although that looks a little bit like an outlier, but. You know, Tampa and their management are given the benefit of the doubt of identifying players that are needed and necessary to win and win in the playoffs. And that's the type of player they went out and got. And they had a great, I'm not sure, I saw the quote earlier today, basically about how they look at each of the assigned value of the picks that they gave up and basically, basically said, we don't really care about those draft picks and the chances of that person becoming uh, an impact player with this core group. And, you know, I guess really good trade on the Nashville side. Tampa Bay is very excited about the player that they got. And then you had another deal today with McCabe going to uh, Toronto from Chicago. And we're off. I mean, literally you have trades happening where teams with 20, 25 games left are making moves to essentially match up with the team that they're locked into playing in the first round. Yeah. Uh, well, the funniest part about that, those trades, and, and they both have aspirations. I mean, you look at when Tampa made the trade for Paul last year, when we made the trade for Hagel, they're not thinking of, oh, yeah, we're going to need this to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're looking long-term, and for what it's worth, the Leafs are looking that way, too. It's not, hey, we got to win this first-round series. You don't bring in Ryan O'Reilly just to be happy with beating the uh, Lightning. You know that you have to go Lightning, Boston, and potentially like a Carolina-type team, and then potentially a Colorado-type team. You're going to need a murderer's row-worthy lineup. And coming out of the East, it takes something out of you, man. By the time Tampa finally made it to Colorado, they were they were limping band-aids. They didn't even have point. They showed the injuries. And then meanwhile, Colorado was sweeping Edmonton, sweeping Nashville. They were fully healthy, I mean, for the most part. They were dealing with some, I think, you know, Kadri took that Kane hit, but everybody, game one, it was, you know, it was blitzkrieg from game one straight to the end. And when you come through that East, whew, you got to pay a price. You got to pay a price. And it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be real fun to watch. 
And, uh, you know, you talked about Toronto and Maui. This is the this is the best team they've had um, over the last few years, certainly since they signed Tavares. And sometimes in sports, after you get knocked down repeatedly, it's like they get through that first round. If they get that off their backs, even with the gauntlet that's that's in front of them, that's the type of sports story that often happens to where, like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in this manner, right? And, um, and, and not a guarantee, obviously. And I mean, I understand what, you know, would lay out in front of them in terms of the mountains. You're not, yeah, you're but, not talking about some regular-ass team they're going to have to beat I understand that, that but I, it, I'm just saying, like, it happens in sports where if a team gets knocked down, can't do it, can't do it, and they finally break free, they, they just kind of go off and – you know, I would if if Toronto can get past Tampa in that first round, give them a shot against Boston. I give them a shot against anybody, a real good one. Uh, well, of course, of they're going to have a shot. I mean, they're stacked. They have a shot, but doing that in succession, one after another, after another, after another, you gotta you gotta lose some of your soul to win some of those series. Usually, I think something going to be after the uh, the five game series against the Islanders. <laughs> <laughs> They limping in. Hopefully, Marshawn's okay. He had an injury today, uh, tonight. I saw. He had some. I uh, got banged up. I don't know. Did he? I feel like there's well, every, every every day on Twitter there's injuries. I lo- that looked bad, and then you refresh your timeline. Came back and scored a goal. You know, so I have no idea. But he, yeah. he did. they're gonna have the luxury though. They have had such a dominant season. Yeah, they've had such a dominant season. They're gonna have the luxury to rest their older players. It's gonna be the, the narrative final. though, Andy. They they they. they took their time they took their no no pedal and the islanders had to grind it out all the way they've been playing oh oh, oh, you're talking about the islanders (laughs) they've been playing playoff hockey for two months boston came in they lost their edge if you want to make that excuse about tampa when they got swept by columbus absolutely but you're talking about an inexperienced team who hadn't won it and they didn't have the coaching or the style to do it they got swept boston they're you can't just hope for that. They are t- they'll take that rest rest and use it appropriately. And I'm not talking about people aren't playing. I'm saying one night, you know, if someone like for example, if Marshawn got banged up, he's sitting out the next two games. Strategic rest, you know, like back to back games. The Barry Bonds treatment. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm, it, it is going to be great, though. Like you know, years in playoffs, all sports. It's like oh, first round. It's just nothing to watch. You're oh, talking about some incredible usually, but... series. I mean, hockey's always interesting no matter what, but yeah, like these are, you could have put these series at any point during the four rounds and they would be worthy series of that round. So it, it is going to be uh, something special and, and we'll see what happens at the trade deadline. I'm sure um, ESPN and TSN are all annoyed because a lot of big names are already well off the board before they got to the uh, trade deadline. It might be just three hours of Jacob Chicken uh, talk to see whether or not he gets <laughs> traded from Arizona. Guy hasn't played in seven, eight games. I've never seen something like that for roster management for two, three weeks, uh, and he's still here. It's um, it's wild. So we'll see what happens. Um, so I wanted to talk about my my night at UBS Arena. And have you been there yet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's it was only my second time there. Um, I was there for the first game opening night. And, you know, difficult for me to get there from from Connecticut and work and young girls at home. And I just haven't been able to get there. But went there on Friday night and I went there um, because, like we talked about last week, we, the A to Z Islanders children book came out and um, the team was behind it and supportive of it. And they're actually going to be doing a story on the book uh, for the team website, social media, et cetera, and Corey Wright who writes for NewYorkIslanders.com, does a great job. Um, met with him early, 4.30, 5 o'clock, got inside, photo shoot of the book. Um, hopefully this comes out. I'd be sad if they don't, <laughs> don't do it after I talk about it. And then I finally got a chance to actually hand over the books to a lot of uh, the contributors of, the, of it. So got to give it to Brendan, got to give it to Eric Hornick, give it to Butch and to Shannon and to Paul Cartier, who was in the book um, playing the organ. And then uh, was able to meet up with uh, members of the organization and Rena on the community relations side and, and Nick Pizzatello on the business side. And it was just a wonderful day. And they gave us these passes uh, in order to get to the section. So if you've been in the Dime Club, the Dime Club is basically right, right behind 
where they do the television broadcast. So to uh, interact and meet all of them and give them their give them their books and and do what we needed to do, we had to go in there and we had this pass. And first time ever in the Dime Club, I had seen it on videos and knew about it, but it was amazing. Like it was wall to wall, end to end. And I'm looking, me and the illustrator Joe Marastica there is like, is this free? Like, can we just go get this stuff? Like, yeah, it was VIP incredible. Joe. So like now himself I'm totally some cheeseburgers. Couldn't eat cheeseburgers. It was Friday. That was the only damn part because it was Friday and I remembered it was Lent. And as soon as I remember that it's Friday, I can't have the meat. If I can have the meat by accident, it's okay. If I think about it, then I feel guilty. Oh, you remember. Catholic guilt comes in and I can't do it. So lovely. They had some lovely tuna wraps there. Um, I think I had... <laughs> But they had like the steak, probably the roast beef sandwiches. Uh, I had to turn out all of that. I had pretzel. It was a slice of pizza, some tuna wraps. So you picked the one night you probably shouldn't have been at the Dime Club. There, were, I have to find. My if way you back, looked at the I whole schedule, if you looked at the whole schedule of potential Dime Club nights, there really was only one that could screw you, and that was the one that you chose. And I'm not talking about what happened during the game, but as far as enjoying the amenities and everything that was available to you there, you chose the one out of over 40 that screwed you. I did. Yes. I could. I I mean, no one would have known about it, but again, I don't know how you operate or other Catholics out there operate. It's just in me from my Catholic grammar school and high school upbringing that as soon as it pops into my head that it's Friday and I remember it, I just can't do it. So I was able to. That's good. But they, again, they had love that. But still, it was amazing uh, experience. And um, just I don't know exactly. I think there's a waiting list to get on there. Uh, I guess along with your t- season ticket packages or whatever. But what a great experience. And again, having gone there opening night on November 20th, 2021, and then having gone back, you know, first game ever in an arena, they're figuring everything out. You know, the game day operations, fans don't know where to go. Things are done, but they're not 100% done. Now have going back the second time and seeing the whole game day operations kind of flowing perfectly and everyone knowing their jobs and what to do and the fans knowing where to be at all times and where everything is. What an amazing arena. What an amazing experience. It really was like looking back, this is the New York Islanders home and I know a lot of you listening probably go to a lot of games and maybe season ticket holders or half season ticket holders and whatnot, but just really, really awesome experience that whole day. And again, thanks to Corey and the Islanders and everyone that I met there. We're excited. Thank you everyone for the kind words on how the book is doing. It's doing really well over the first week, but um, just, I wanted to say like UBS arena is special. Like you walk through that place on the corridors, the different levels, and you really soak it in. I'm, I'm sorry to say I didn't spend much of the time in my actual seats because I was just walking around, and it was wonderful. I just wanted to say that. Bovillier just roofed another goal. Oh, you weren't even listening to me. I just wanted to let you know that. No, uh, it, it is my brother. Okay. Now he's got six goals. You, we, we talked about he had one already tonight. And I said, oh, is that six? And you're like, no, I don't think it's six. Now he has six. My brother got to enjoy that same dime club. So he told me all about it and uh, everything that goes on there and how all the stuff that you can, you know, watch the game while you're doing this and you're doing that and go to all these little things that they have set up. And you could eat like a king for the duration of like the for- first couple of periods and whatnot so everything i heard is that it is an extravagant experience and you're talking about the new york islanders and extravagant experiences uh you know exactly in in the old nassau coliseum you remember i told you i got fed all my food that one time in a cut open bud light box so i think we're a far cry from that but uh, you you can go there many many times that arena and i think find something new and different and try something new and different each and every time. And um, again, just having gone once and then coming back and just see it kind of now in full throttle running as efficiently as it did, just how lucky the organization is to have gotten that built Um, and great job by obviously John Ledecky, Dewey Shea and, and Scott Malkin in doing so. So that's all I wanted to say. Um, And uh, hopefully the article comes out soon and really excited about that. That's going to be a little surreal for me as well. So, um, Andy, um, 
another episode in the books. Any final thoughts here as we wrap things up? Or do we want to talk about Barry Trotz real quick? I'm happy for oh, Barry. It's like a family member went off and got like a new job and you're just – you're just so happy for him. Like everything it's a I universal. see, Harry, I'm just Harry. I'm so happy for him. There's not a single person out there who is not happy for the guy. So, um, you know, I think it's pretty. It's it's cut and dry. Everyone's happy for Barry. Good for him. We'll see how he does in the role. I'm. I mean, you imagine that uh, the organization will remain structured. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and and to have like three main places that probably all love you. Like he won a Stanley Cup with Washington, the Islander fan base fell in love with Barry Trotz, and then Nashville, 15 years of his life, now coming back uh, to become the GM and trying to get them over the hump and win a Stanley Cup eventually. I mean, who's got that in their lives where you can go to three unique different cities, three unique different franchises, and literally probably never have to buy a drink if you were around a hockey fan? Of any of those three franchises, really impressive. Yeah, no one star reviews for Barry. No, on Long <laughs> no, Island. no, because no. Barry's all about the team. He's not a bad eye and uh, hasn't been in any uh, movies or commercials, so he's got that going <laughs> for him as well. So, yeah, so good for Barry. All right, and good for you, Andy, on the, on your uh, latest um, gambling win tonight. I'm sure there are a couple more happening on the West Coast. Um, and uh, if you haven't already, go to YouTube and type in. NHL bets, and if he's not number one, he'll be number two and see Andy Francis there. And uh, we will see if the Islanders make any moves. If there's something very, very big, we'll we'll hop on and do a podcast. If not, you'll get you, catch us next week, and, and we'll see how long they stay in the muck or rise to the top and and whether or not they stay in the top all card spot, eighth spot, or, or something else. It's going to be a, a wild, crazy finish here in the Eastern Conference. And a week or two ago, I don't know if necessarily we felt that way, but I would have signed up for that, and that's exactly where we are. So exciting times ahead. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of the Eyes on Isles podcast. For Andy Francis, I am Joe Bono. We will talk to you next time on this country. Good night.